Good evening, church. Thank you for coming and joining us this evening to worship and celebrate and to adore the God who has loved us and who has saved us and who has revealed Himself to us. You know, sometimes we come very nonchalantly into, into worship. Oh, it's, it's, it's the routine, you know, it's, it's Saturday evening or it's Sunday morning. Uh, and this is just the thing that we do. We do the church thing. Um, but we don't take the time to realign our thinking, our perspective, that we are coming into the presence of an almighty God, the one who created the heavens and the earth from the smallest, tiniest molecule to the vastest ocean and galaxy out there. We don't take the time to realize that this is a God who has revealed Himself to us and has loved us individually, who knows the very hairs on our head. Psalm 66, it says this, Shout for joy to God, all the earth, and that includes us. Shout for joy to God. Sing the glory of His name. Make His name glorious. And that's why we gather here this evening, to make His name glorious to humbly bow before His Word, to learn from Him, to allow Him to transform us and through us to transform this world. So can I invite you to stand as we sing together, as we lift our voices and our hearts and our hands. Let's stand and worship our God. Great are You, Lord, mighty in strength. You are faithful, you will ever be we will praise you all of our days it's for your glory we offer everything raise your hands all your nations shout to god all creation how awesome is the lord most high why don't you clap with us church where you send us, where you send us, God, we will go. You're the answer, we want the world to know. We will chase you all of our day. And where you lead us, we'll follow all the way. Raise your hands, all you. Awesome is the Lord most high. 
is my revelation, Christ Jesus crucified. Salvation through repentance at the cross of which he died. Now here my absolution, forgiveness for my sin.
please be seated. So now we've come to a time of the Lord's Supper. It's an opportunity for you in your busy week to reflect on what the Lord Jesus Christ has achieved for you on your behalf. I'd like just to draw your attention to a slide behind me. One Christian leader said this, The cross to me isn't a revelation of my sin. It's actually a revealing of my value. Something underneath my sin must have been of great value for heaven to go bankrupt to get me back. I wonder what you think of that. The Bible says we're valuable because God loves us. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. Uh, I think it's a human-centered message that says that Jesus died because we were so valuable. Now, humans, of course, were made in the image of God. uh, And so all humanity, uh, humanity has intrinsic value and dignity. Jesus affirms we are of great value to our maker. But the price of redemption isn't a revealing of our worth, but it's the revealing of the debt that we owed to our maker. The reason our salvation required the infinite value of the blood of Jesus is because our sin is an offense against an infinitely holy God. Which means that you and I owed an infinite debt that we could not repay. What the cross does is it humbles us as we focus on the depth of the amazing love that God has for you and for me who are unworthy sinners. We are valuable because God loves us. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. That's one of the messages of the cross. It goes against human pride. It's hard for us to to stomach that. That's the reality of the scriptures. Let's take a moment to consider our lives consider your life in the past week is there an area of your life that you need to bring to the Lord is there an area of your life that you need to confess Father in heaven, we come before you, an infinitely holy God. We bring our sins to you. We confess them in the quietness of our own heart. We thank you that you died for us despite our sin, despite our offense. And we get our value from you who love us. Thank you for the forgiveness that is found only in Christ. We pray that your cross would continue to humble us so that we might understand the depth of our sin but also 
the depth of your amazing love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and if the front few rows, if you'd like to come and take of the bread and take of the cup, we'd invite you to do so. This is for those of us who call ourselves Christians, call on Christ as our Savior. If that's you, you're very welcome. If that's not yet you, please just stay in your seat and uh, we'd love to talk to you more if you have any questions about becoming a Christian. God doesn't love us because we're valuable. We're valuable because God loves us. Let us eat and remember the death of Christ. The cross demonstrates the depth of our sin, but the depth of God's amazing love. Let us drink and be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. I invite you to stand as we sing our next song.
great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the end is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living
God, you are our living hope. You are the joy of our heart. You are our everlasting peace. Oh God, you are all that we need. And we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome once again to Subi Church. Before you take your seat, why don't you greet the people around you as well? Good evening, church. Good morning to those online. It's scripture at Subi time. This month, in November, we're doing Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. So I can't see you at all. The, the lights is actually in my eyes all the way. Um, I'm assuming that you're there. Okay, so let's do that. Um, I'm not sure whether you get any prompters at all. Let's do Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come to Almighty. Children, you may go to your, Sunday, well, your classes now. My name is Sean Kum. I'm one of the elders of Subi Church. Welcome all of you today. If you are new here and, or you are partly new, you haven't met a lot of people yet, please don't just go out of this door. Please come and see one of the elders or see one of the staff with the great lanyard, and you can actually talk to us and maybe share a bit of your information with us. Also, on your seat, you should have a Connect card. This Connect card is used for all the communication for this church. So there may be courses, the things that you want to attend, questions that you want to write down, praises that you want to submit to the church and let the church know that you have praises and things that have gone well for you. So all these are in the Connect card, or you can use a QR code in front of your chair to scan it and do it now. It's time to come to an offering. This is one of the things that we as Subi Church do every week. It's part of what we do here as the children of God. We give back to the Lord ministry. We want this money to be helped to extend the kingdom's work as Subi. So let us pray now. Father Lord, we thank you for all the things that you have given us. Whether we know it or not, every day that we wake, Lord, you were there, waiting for us, guiding us, giving us the blessing that we didn't even ask for. Lord, please take this little offering that we are giving back to you. Take it and use it to extend thy kingdom's work. Father, we thank you indeed and we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few announcements. We do have an hour prayer coming up this coming Wednesday, the 15th, at the Subi Cafe between 7 and 8 p.m. This month, we're going to be focusing especially and praying for the Israel and the conflict that is currently taking place there. Please join us. I know that a lot of people are concerned about that, and so this is an opportunity for you to come together as God's people and intentionally praying for that. We do also have the next Saturday, coming Saturday on the 18th of November, 3.30 p.m. One of the deacons, Surani, will be running a prayer walk in Kings Park. We'll be meeting at the grass area next to the Flame of Remembrance. Dale gave me this little poppy flower. I don't know whether he made it or someone made it, but he gave me this poppy flower. Just remind you, I'm not sure how many of you today at 11 o'clock in the morning and took a minute of silence. So they will be meeting at the Flame of Remembrance. The focus of this prayer walk is to pray for Christmas and salvation in our city. The next announcement I have is for the AGM. So the AGM of Subi Church will be coming up on this sun, on the Sunday of 26th, not this Sunday, on the Sunday of 26th of November, 
at 12.15 after the 10.45 service. We extend a warm invitation to all members of the body of Christ to join us and hear the elders as they present the report of the church. As a community, we purposefully anchored our lives in the unshakable foundation of God's word and strive to live in the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. Our collective love for Jesus unites us, serving as a living testimony to what it truly means to follow Christ. We encourage members of the congregation to submit any question they may have before the AGM by emailing to questions with the S at subichurch.com. Not sure whether it's on the screen. Um, you should also have, if you are registered with the church, you should also have received an email from us too. And please send this question before Saturday the 18th November. Any question received through the address or in writing will be collated to avoid duplicates. One of the staff or elders will then draft up the response. This year, the Board of Elders has put forward Michael Kyung and Wayne Lewis to be re-elected for another term of two years. If you are a member, you will be able to obtain a ballot slip after the service in, each, in the foyer after the next three weekend, or over the next three weekend to cast your vote. So today, if you're a member, if you're not, please check. There'll be someone outside with the ballot, the paper, and also the box. You can actually cast the vote. All votes will be tallied at the AGM and result will be announced then. To that, I would like to invite Michael and Wayne to come and take a moment to introduce themselves to you. Thank you, Sean. Just a little bit about myself. Um, good evening, church. Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm Michael, one of the two elders that is up for election at the coming AGM. This will take me into my third term. I do want to acknowledge and thank you for your support over the last four years. Just a bit about myself, and I won't be too long about this. I'm married to Florence, and we have two young adult children living in Melbourne. Paul is a dentist, and Diane recently qualified as an accountant. I attended church since my days in school and was born again in January 2001. We live in unprecedented times, and I will acknowledge that we are a church in transition for the last two years. Whilst the time of transition is not easy for everyone, I do believe that God has saw us through all things. I'm also sure that He will continue to lead us and to guide us. I'm certain that I've heard His calling, and I'm assured that God is with us. My confidence only rests with this. I will look forward to continuing service with Him and serving you at Subi Church. That's all I want to say. Thank you very much. Hi, my name's Wayne Luce. I uh, know many of you will come here to the Saturday service at five o'clock, so sometimes I'm standing here doing notices as well. I'm married to Linda, and uh, we have two adult children, Lisa and Esther. I've been a Christian since I was 19, and that is now just over 40 years ago. And I've been here at Subi Church for about 30 years, or just under 30 years. Um, uh, Ministry-wise, I started in Subi Kids uh, when my uh, Lisa and Esther were in kindy and pre-primary. And uh, we, we stayed there for a little while. And th then afterwards, they kept on going and I stayed there. And um, so I guess I've been teaching year one to threes for about 20 years now. Um, so yes, they did come back a little bit and uh, help me, but then they um, disappeared on their other ways. 
some other in, uh, ministries. I'm involved in a couple of small groups, uh, prayer before the five o'clock service, community coffee, Guandana, and sometimes you'll find me in the kitchen at Cafe Melody. Outside of church, I work in the ICT area for the health department of WA. Just want to share a verse with you. Um, I, I love Paul's writings and I like Ephesians 4 and one particular verse I learned many years ago. Uh, and I guess it gives you a bit of an insight into, into how, I, uh, how I operate. Ephesians 4 verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Wayne. It just reminds us that the... The elders are not just sitting on a meeting, going through things. We, we do serve in the church in a lot of different capacity. Um, some of them runs a lot of different ministries, different small groups, discipling. And this is part of what we do. We look forward to your participation in an important gathering, as together we will continue to strengthen and grow in our faith journey. It's time for our congregation prayer. So let us bow our head and let me lead you in the prayer. Our Father in heaven, better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. It is better to be a doorkeeper in your house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. We pray, Father, for the ongoing conflict in Israel and Ukraine. Please bring an end to the bloodshed there. May the orphans and the widows and those displaced find safe refuge. Receive the aid they need and find hope in you. May your people across the globe reach out and care for them. We pray for the Christian aid agency like Christian Blinds Mission on the ground there. True word and deed, and they may share the love of Christ to those most in need. May the instigator of the terrorist attack in Israel and the perpetrator of the unjust war in Ukraine be brought to justice. Hasten the day, Lord, when Isaiah 2 will be fulfilled. The nation shall no longer lift up sword against nation, when sword will be beaten into plowshares and, shears, uh, and spears into pruning forks, when the lion will lie down with the lamb. We pray for the leader of Subi Church at this time. Give the elders godly wisdom as they make decisions that affects the future of the, of the church, especially the appointment of our next senior pastor. May the man you have chosen be appointed. In this time of transition, we pray for unity, for patience and gentleness in dealing with each other and for forgiveness ways it would require it. We pray for the upcoming AGM. Give the elders discernment as they address the concern of the congregation. We ask that you will appoint the elders of your choosing in the upcoming election. We pray with the rest of the world on this day for the persecution, persecute the church. Give suffering believers strength to endure the pain and pressure of the persecution. As they face poverty, loneliness and isolation. Please provide them for them. May they be bold and wise in sharing their faith and despite the challenges, people will come to Christ. We pray for the organization who work in the ground 
to provide support, resources, and Bibles. We pray that the believers will persevere until the end. We pray for Pastor Chin as he preaches his final sermon today. Thank you for his faithful service to our church. Use him to speak to us. Open our eyes to the truth of your word. We come before you with humble and contrite heart, wanting to hear more from you. Help us put into practice what we hear. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Good evening, everyone. In today's sermon, we will look at how God's word strengthens us in the book of Hebrews. In our Bible reading, we see that in these last days, God has spoken to us in Jesus Christ with finality and completeness. The blood of this Jesus has also redeemed us from our sins. Our Bible readings are taken from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 4, and chapter 9, verses 11 to 14. Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Hebrews 9, 11-14 but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to be with you, good to see you as always, to gather together as God's people to worship and to hear from God. There, there was another gathering on Wednesday evening that was the women's ministry event. Uh, from what I've told, I wasn't there personally, but from what I told, was told, uh, it was a great evening. There was about 70 women and they packed about 80 bags to be given to those who are in need. And uh, Debbie was there as well. She uh, spoke God's word to the women on that evening, on God's imminence, you know, God has come here in Jesus. So we are thankful to God for that ministry, for all that He has done through our women's ministry, and we want to keep praying for them. We want to keep praying that God will continue that momentum in that ministry so that the women of the church, you know, we will be built up, we will be strengthened. Now, as mentioned, as you, in case you are not aware, this weekend is my last weekend before I step down as your pastor, and I just want to say it has been an absolute joy 
absolute privilege to serve all of you, um, to bring God's Word to you for the past 10 years. I, I do appreciate, I am really truly, truly thankful for all your prayers, all your support, all the words of encouragement to me uh, over the past few months. Uh, as we will see in the book of Hebrews later, you know, you have made my work, my ministry, a joy, uh, and I want to thank all of you for that. And the greatest gift any congregation, really, to, that you can give to a pastor is for you to grow in your faith, grow in your knowledge, grow in your affection for Jesus. And it is uh, such a great joy for me to see that. So after this weekend, what's going to happen is that I am taking long service leave to have a short break from ministry. And some people have asked me when, where I'm going after this. My family and I, we will still be in Perth. We're not moving cities. Uh, we'll still uh, be in Perth, and we'll, the plan is to still attend the Saturday evening service until the end of November. Currently, I am in discussion with another church about a pastoral position there, but that's not set in stone yet, so that's still up in the air. So please continue praying for me and for the family. But what I want to do is you know, take this opportunity to rest, to do a bunch of reading that I haven't done before uh, or haven't been able to, to do so uh, over the next few months. And so that's why when I was trying to figure out what to preach for my last three sermons here at Subi, you know, one of the things I wanted to focus on is to focus on what is important and what is central to the life of the Christian. Right? What is the one thing that should be central, that should be important in the life of the Christian? And I thought and I prayed and I reflected. Then, of course, and I realized I, you can't go past the Scriptures. You can't go past God's Word. And so we started a sermon series, a short one, on the Scriptures. We saw in the first sermon is that the Scriptures are God's Word to us that resurrects our spiritually dead body, dead spiritual life, sorry, through the proclaimed Word of God by His Spirit. And at the end of that, we also saw that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And in the second sermon, we learned that the Scriptures, God's Word, continues to sustain us as God's people because God has always gathered His people around His Word. If God's Word is the one that raises us from spiritual death to spiritual life, then it is God's Word that sustains us, sustains that new life that we have been given. And ultimately, as we saw, we are gathered around Jesus. He is the true Word of God. And so today, the same theme going on, we will look at Scripture. We will look at God's Word that strengthens us. And the passage that we will be looking at is from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. And in that passage, it talks about leaders, church leaders, leaders in the church. What is their role? What are they supposed to be doing? Right? We see and we know that there are leaders in all areas of our lives. Right? We have leaders in different organizations. We have leaders in politics. We have leaders in companies leaders in the family, leaders at home. And we recognize you know, the nature and the type of leaders in these different areas. They're all a little bit different. But how about the church? What role should leaders play in the church? A number of years ago, I found out about this one particular church from America, which I will leave nameless. And in this church, there is a coloring page for the kids in the children in the church. So someone took a photo of that, as you can see. It is a coloring page of the pastor of the church. At the top of the page, it says, Unity, 
we are united under the visionary, by which it means the pastor. At the bottom, we see these words. It says, so-and-so church is built on a vision that God gave pastor so-and-so. We will protect our unity in supporting his vision. I notice that. This church is centered around this particular pastor and his vision. They even have coloring pages for the kids in that church for this pastor. What do we make of that? Well, let's look at what the scripture says, as always. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm going to read that passage in a moment. But as always, it is important to get our bearings, to have a brief understanding of what the book of Hebrews is about. It is, the book of Hebrews is a sermon that a pastor is giving to his congregation. And he's trying to get them to persevere in their faith in Jesus. Right? They have been tempted to go back to their Old Testament roots, Old Testament practices, right? worship of angels and performing animal sacrifices. It is very attractive to them. And he's trying to get them away from that, turn them away from that, because, well, it feels tangible. It feels like we can contribute to our salvation. But the pastor in Hebrews, what he's trying to do is, don't turn to them. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. He is better. He is greater. And that's why throughout Hebrews, what the author is trying to do is at pains trying to show how all of the Old Testament stuff, Old, Te Old Testament practices and laws, they're all pointing to Jesus anyways. In the past, this is what God did for the people. In these last days, as we saw from last week, these last days after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus has come. He is better. He is greater. And in our Bible reading, we saw about, we saw one topic, God's word to us, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Right? In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times in various ways. In these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also He made the universe. Right? In the past, God spoke in many different ways. In these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son, with finality, with completeness. Jesus is God's word to us today. With finality, with completeness in Jesus Christ. And that's why, if you notice, in the sermons I preached over the last two times, when we focus on the scriptures, where do we always end up? We always end up with Jesus. And as always, we will end up with Jesus today. We will look at Hebrews chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. Or the passage will be on your screen. Let me invite you to stand if you're able. And I'm going to read from chapter 13, verse 7 to 17. Listen to the word of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of, an, of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus was also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an endearing city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. 
Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no benefit to you. You may be seated. Three points we can see from this passage. And I'll take the first point from the middle of our passage. You will see why soon enough. The first point is this. God's Word strengthens us by His grace. God's Word strengthens us by His grace. Verses 9 to 14. In verse 9, we see it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. Right? So notice the contrast. The contrast of being strengthened by grace is the eating of ceremonial food. That's of no benefit. Our hearts are not strengthened by eating ceremonial food, the food laws from the Old Testament. Right? That's not how our hearts are strengthened. That's not beneficial to us. Our hearts are not strengthened by doing more things. Sometimes that is, that's the default action that we take in our lives. We feel like we always need to do more things. That's not the case. Our hearts are strengthened by God's grace. But what does he mean by God's grace here? He goes on to explain, verse 10 and 11, We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And here he is talking about the sacrifices on the Day of Atonement. Leviticus chapter 16 onwards. On the Day of Atonement, you have the high priest, and he has to go through endless rules, endless regulations as he sacrifices the animals on behalf of the Israelites. That's a bull and a goat being sacrificed for sin offering. Their blood is brought into the most holy place, but their bodies, their carcasses, they have to be taken outside the camp and burned. That was what it was like for the Day of Atonement. Every Jew, every Israelite would have known this. That was what it was like to make atonement for their sins. This is something they would have done year after year after year after year after year. It would have been seared into their minds. This is what they do to make atonement for sins. And this is what the author of Hebrews is describing in verse 11. But then verse, verse 12 onwards, he says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. He makes a direct comparison of the sacrifices on the Day of Atonement to the sacrifice of Jesus. And really, he's just repeating what he's been talking about from chapters 5 to 10. He's been spending endless chapter after chapter after chapter talking about what it means that Jesus is a high priest and how his sacrifice is once for all for our sins before God. His sacrifice is the true and perfect sacrifice of the Day of Atonement. Now let, me, let me give you one small snippet of it from our Bible reading, Hebrews chapter 9, 9 verse 12. This is what he says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus 
obtaining eternal redemption. That is what our high priest did for us by his own blood. He obtained eternal redemption for us, for God's people, for sinners like you and I. He was literally taken outside the city, crucified at Golgotha, the place of the skull. And through that sacrifice, God's people are made holy through the blood of this high priest. And so, verse 13, we go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. And so he asks, he calls us, let us join with Christ. Let us identify with Jesus. Let us say that he is the one I follow. He is the one I worship. He is the one who took my sin, my guilt, my shame away. Let us join him outside the camp. And I find it really interesting that the author of Hebrews, he chose to focus on the theme of shame here. Jesus Christ suffered. He was crucified outside the camp. That means he was excluded. He was cast out of what was acceptable on his, in his day. Right Outside the camp is a place of shame. He was crucified there. And so let's join him there. Let's be, leave behind what is acceptable in our day and age. Let's join the one who carried the shame for us. Join the one who took our shame on our behalf. And that is something I think as Christians, really, we need to focus more and more in the coming years. I think that's what we need to do. Because for many years, those in the church, in the Christian church, what we often think of is that we think that most people, most secular people, they are happy, they are satisfied with their life. We look into the world, we see we live in such a time where we can enjoy the fruits of technology, we have such a strong focus on helping everybody, not just with their physical well-being, but with their mental well-being these days. There's a lot of talk about those things. And you would think that looking at those things, you would think that everybody is doing great. Everybody is happy and joyful. But let me read you a quote from this book, uh, Digital Liturgies, and what he says. He says this, Yet it is not true that the dominant characteristics of contemporary culture is one of worldly joy and satisfaction. Nearly every report of teens and young adults in the West today tells a very different story. Anxiety and depression are at all-time highs. Preteens contemplate and commit suicide. Affluent and technologically sophisticated people say that they are lonelier than ever. Social media and the web pulsate with a seemingly non-stop sense of anger, frustration, and despair at the world. That is the kind, we, kind of world we live in now, and if it's not now, it is coming. Underneath that facade of perfection, that mask that people put on, that everything is okay, many people are struggling, particularly the younger generation. They have grown up or they are growing up in a day and age where they are told constantly that they need to find, they need to cement their identity from within themselves. They are constantly told to celebrate, embrace your individuality, yes, of who you are, but yet only the individuality of the world tells you to. There's a constant call to celebrate your unique identity, but yet at the same time, there's a tremendous pressure to conform, 
You see how contradictory that is. And if you don't conform to the world, you are shamed. You don't belong. You'll be cast out. You are outside the camp. But in Christ, someone took that shame. Someone who went outside the camp for our sake. Someone who bore all our shame, all our guilt on the cross so that we don't have to. That is what our high priest did on the cross. That is what Jesus did for us. And therefore the call for us is to go outside to Him. Let us not belong to this world. Let us say that we belong to Jesus. And He is that word that strengthens us by grace. In other words, we are strengthened by the gospel promises of Jesus, of what Christ has done for us. Look at verse 9 and 10 again. It is good for hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to you, to those who do so. We have an altar, that is, we have the sacrifice of Christ. We are strengthened by the grace of Christ. Those who are still trapped in Old Testament practices, they cannot receive this grace because they are not turning to Jesus, right? from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. They have no right to eat because they are not looking to Jesus. They are not looking to Christ to be strengthened. They are still relying on their practices. But instead of doing that, let's go to Christ outside the camp. Let us follow Him, identify with Him, bearing the disgrace He bore. Our high priest took the shame for us. God's word strengthens us by His grace. The grace of the sacrifice of Jesus who obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 14, For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking to the city that is to come. We're looking forward to the new creation where we will be with God forever. No earthly city can provide us with true security and joy. We don't belong to this world. We belong and we look forward to the enduring city to come, but only secure to us through Jesus Christ, the Word of God. That is our hope. Herman Barwink, a Dutch theologian, about a century back, he said this, This world will never turn into a paradise. Nothing can come forth from it that is not in it. If there is no beyond, if there is no God who is above nature, no supernatural order, then sin, darkness, and death have the last word. The revelation of Scripture, God's Word, makes known to us another world, a world of holiness and glory. This other world descends into this fallen world, not just as a doctrine, but also as a divine power, as history, as a reality, as a harmonious system of words and deeds and conjunction. He's talking about Jesus here. The coming of Jesus. It is work, no, as the work of God by which He lives this world out of its fall leads it out of the state of sin through the state of grace to the state of glory. Revelation is God's coming to humankind to dwell with it forever. We are looking forward to an enduring city that is to come. And how do we know that? Through the Scriptures, through God's Word. <clears throat> he strengthens us by His grace in Christ. Which leads us to point number two. <clears throat> This is a short point. God's grace 
leads us to praise Him with our lips and hands. God's grace leads us to praise Him with our lips and hands. Verses 15 and 16. Verse 15, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. Our worship of God today consists of offering to God a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice of praise. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, they worship God by bringing animal sacrifices. We don't do that anymore. We come to God, we worship God by bringing a sacrifice of praise, one of praise, one from our lips, one from our mouths, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. In other words, we praise God with our lips, with our mouths. And that's why one reason we gather week after week as God's people one of the things that we do, hopefully you notice this, one of the things that we do is that we sing. We sing praises to God together. That's why the music team comes, and they are an important part of our gathering. They're not just here to perform to us as if we are attending a concert. If that's what you think we're doing every week, we have failed miserably. That's not what they're doing. No, no, no. What they're doing is they're coming here to facilitate and help us to sing praises to God Almighty. That's why the sound person is important. Because the sound person makes sure that the musicians can play well together, lead us all in praise to God. That's why the person who's doing the clicking on our lyrics is important because it helps us to sing praises to God to know what we are singing. Each person up here on the stage is very important because they are leading us in songs of praise to God, to continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Each week they spend hours rehearsing, practicing together, so that when it comes to the weekend, when we gather, they are ready to help us sing praise to God. And so as, as a church, let's not take them for granted. Let me encourage you, you know, after our time together, every week, go up Go up to them and thank them. Thank them for leading us in songs of praise. But you know what's the most encouraging thing you, we can do for our music team? You know what's the most encouraging thing? The most encouraging thing is to sing. To sing praises to God with all our affections, with all our hearts, with all our praise to God. And there's nothing more encouraging to the musicians when they see that, when they hear that, when they feel that, that all their time spent practicing is worth it because they're helping the people of God sing praises to God. And that is also very important why when we gather, we are all important equally because we are part of the chorus of the people of God singing praises together. Your voice in praising God matters. It is important. You are here to not just sing praises to God individually, but you're also here to sing praises to God as an encouragement to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so when we gather, when we come each week, sing. Sing your hearts out in praise to God. Sing because our hearts are strengthened by God's grace. Sing because God is worthy because of what He has done for us. God's grace leads us to sing, to praise Him. And God's grace also leads us to praise Him with our hands. Verse 16. 
And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. That's the other kind of sacrifice we're called to make. First is a sacrifice of praise. The other is a sacrifice of doing good works. The praises of our lips needs to go hand in hand with the work of our hands. The work of our hands testify to the words of our lips. So we don't just sing praises to God. We must also be like Jesus in the world, where we do good to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. God's grace leads us to sing praise, to praise Him with our lips and with our hands. But let's go to our last point. And you'll notice I'll focus on the middle section, because it, in the, this middle section is bracketed by and starts with and ends with a focus on the leaders of the church. Point number three, God's Word is spoken to us by our leaders. God's Word is spoken to us by our leaders. Verse 7 to 9, Remember your leaders who spoke the Word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Many of us, we are familiar with that verse there. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what we are not familiar with is the context of that verse. Because the context of that verse is about leaders in the church. And Hebrews calls us to remember the leaders of our past who spoke the word of God to us, look at their way of life, imitate their faith, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. In other words, the Jesus that the leaders of the past that spoke to you is the same Jesus today. He has not, he will not change. Therefore, the teachings about Jesus from your leaders should not change. It's the same Jesus 2,000 years ago. It is the same Jesus that should be presented and preached today, and it will be the same Jesus for tomorrow and for all of eternity. And that's why it is very important. One of the things that we needed to do is to celebrate our 125th anniversary as a church because as we did that, what do we do? We looked at the, our DNA, which is two of them will be gospel-centered and word-based, gathered around God's word, and we're still preaching the same gospel message of Christ a century later. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is spoken to us by our leaders. Remember our leaders of the past who did this. When you go upstairs to our second floor, when you look at the wall of the time, timeline of Subi Church, remember those leaders. They spoke the word of God to us. They preached Jesus to us. And that same Jesus they preached is the same Jesus that's preached today and should be the same Jesus that's preached in the future. Do not be carried away by strange teachings. Don't be tempted by theological fads and trends because we have the same Jesus. And therefore, verse 17, have confidence in our leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over us as those who must give an account. We are called to submit to our leaders called to summon to their authorities, not because simply they are our leaders. No, we are called to summon to them because they spoke the word of God to us. That's how they keep watch over us. They give an account to God. 
And then he continues, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be on no benefit to you. We submit to our leaders cheerfully so that their work of speaking the word of God will be a joy. And when that's a joy, it benefits us because they do it well. When they do it well, we receive the word of God. And our hearts are strengthened by grace when we receive the word of God through the preaching of God's word. Everyone benefits. If it's a burden, then it's hard for our leaders to speak God's word to us, which then is of no benefit to us. Why would we do that? We are harming ourselves. God's word is spoken to us by our leaders. And notice then, the focus is never about the leader. It is always about the one to whom the leader is pointing to. True leaders in the church point people away from themselves to Jesus Christ. Self-centered leaders are an oxymoron. There's enough example of that in our world today. I gave you one example at the start. But it's not about the pastor, it's not about the leader. It's about our chief pastor, our chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. True leaders, no matter who they are, will always point people to Jesus because they speak the word of God to us. It's not about following a particular leader, not following about a particular pastor, but it is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Always. Always about Jesus. Always about the gospel. And I'll end with a personal note. You know, that has always been my goal in ministry. To speak and to point people to Jesus. And I know that when I come up to preach God's word, the sole focus I would love and want to be is Jesus Christ. He must increase. I must decrease. And that's been my goal of every ministry that I've been a part of. And my goal at the end of every sermon, in many senses, is, is quite simple. You know, it's not to change the world. It's not to change all of society. I'm, I'm just a human being. Sometimes people come up to me and ask me to pray for them, and they tell me all the struggles and hardships they go through, and I think, I can't fix this. I can't do this. But really, Jesus can. And my goal of every sermon is really quite simple. Through the preaching of the Word of God, empowered by the Spirit, all I wanted to do is to raise your affections and deepen your love for Jesus. If I can do that by my sermons, just that little bit every week, I praise God and I thank God for that. And my encouragement as we finish, as we look forward to the future, once again, as always, look to Jesus, look to God. And that's what this sermon series has been about. Really to encourage each one of us, including myself, go back to the Scriptures, read about God's grace once more, and really let the gospel message of Jesus Christ take deep root in our hearts. There's nothing more important than that in your life. And that's why we gather each week. We gather around God, His Word, we gather around Jesus and we sing praises to Him. That is why we pray. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He will still be here and we want as a people to look to Him always.
Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that he is your word. Your word that you have given to us to know your heart, to know your gospel, to know your salvation. Through him, through his blood, we are now able to enter the most holy place, to stand before you in your presence. Even though we are sinful, we don't deserve all of this. We deserve only your judgment. But yet, Lord, you have loved us and given us Jesus. And Lord, we want to praise you. And we want to take that news, that gospel, and let that take root, let that take root deep in our hearts. And so, Father, we pray, and I pray, I pray that the Word of God may ever be central in the life of Suvi Church, that we will be gospel-centered and word-based, that we are always looking to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. In His name we pray. Amen. Ask Chin to stay up here. Uh, the next brief part of our service, but important part of our service, is that we're going to say farewell to Chin and we're going to pray for him. So I'm going to ask Crystal to come up. And uh, his boys are in... Uh, Sunday school, kids class, um, kids club, and that is Caden uh, and Ethan. Um, but I'm going to ask uh, the staff and the elders that work with Chin to come up, and I have, uh, have the privilege of leading us in prayer. Uh, this is a bittersweet moment, mainly bitter, um, because uh, we're losing a much-loved pastor, friend, colleague, mentor, teacher, servant... Um, and uh, I know many of you are feeling that, many of the staff, many of the elders are feeling that, many of you who know Chin very well and have known him for years are feeling that. He's been at the church for almost 20 years and he's been teaching uh, as a pastor for about 10 years, and so I know you're feeling that. The sweet part of it is that we know that God will use him in the next season of his ministry uh, as he sees fit, as he chooses, and so that's the sweet part. We can know that God has got all things under control. I personally will miss him. I've uh, fought so, uh, for the gospel side by side. I haven't fought with him. I've fought side by side for the gospel with him uh, for 10 years, sharing the pulpit, shepherding the church. Uh, he's been my partner in the gospel. And so uh, on behalf of the staff, the elders, the congregation, we do want to thank you for all that you've done. I'm going to pray and then we'll give uh, Chin a round of applause. How about we do that? And of course, we're saying goodbye to Crystal as well. And uh, Crystal, we thank you for all that you've done. I'm sorry, obviously, uh, with Jim being one of the pastors, he kind of gets the, uh, uh, the focus. But we want to thank you for all the work that you have done and just standing by his side for so long. And, uh, and we miss the boys running around this uh, auditorium after the service. And uh, we thank you for all that you have done. And we really appreciate you. Dear Father, we thank you for Chin and for Crystal and for their service to Subi Church for many, many years. Uh, we're thinking now of, of Chin and for his 10 years as a pastor. We thank you for his ministry that has blessed hundreds of lives and spurred them on to live the Christian life with Jesus as the focus. We thank you for his ministry through preaching, nourish on Thursday nights, equip classes on Sunday afternoons, coordinating small groups, caring for and discipling overseas students, baptizing, many, many people, dedicating many, many babies. We pray for the next season of their life and Chin's life of, uh, of ministry. We pray that you would be with 
him and Crystal and Ethan and Caden in this time. Assure them that you are with them, that you have a plan for them. Help them to make new friends at the church that you would have them serve and deep friendships like they have here. May Chin continue to preach Jesus in season and out of season. May he proclaim your name boldly. May you protect him from the evil one. And Father, we look forward to hear how you have used him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Will you join with me to thank Pastor Chin? Thank you. Thank you. Church, can I invite you to sing, stand as we sing our final song, as we focus once again on, on Jesus Christ and all that He has done for us. Thank you. 
every breath. With every breath, I long to follow Jesus, for He has said that He will bring me home. And day by day, I know He will renew me, until I stand with joy before the That we finish our time together with a benediction from God's Word, Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse twenty. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great Shepherd of the sheep, that great Pastor of the sheep, equip you with every good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever.